Week 40 of the Be- is still in the Beatitudes, and this week is the pure in heart. So what is the sixth Beatitude? Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So first of all, we'll talk about what does it mean to be pure in heart. And you can see on your sheet there, sinners whose hearts have been cleansed and renewed by the Holy Spirit are pure in heart. Okay, so again, we're talking about children of God. We're talking about one of the blessings uh, that's found in Christ. One of the blessings for children of God. And our hearts have been cleansed and renewed, not by doing religious things, not just by learning facts about God, but the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts has cleansed us and renewed us. The pure in heart because of the Holy Spirit love what is pure and holy, not what is wicked and immoral. They no longer delight in what God hates, which would be sin, but now they hate what God hates and love what God loves. They have been loved by God, and they now love God, who is purity itself. So this always, you know, as always, it centers back, it goes back to God and the character of God and how God changes our hearts to be like his character and not like the character of sin I have, I believe, six, six points on purity. Number one, Jesus had a perfectly pure heart and lived a perfectly pure life. He's the one who obeyed God perfectly. Hebrews 7.26, it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. So Jesus was perfectly pure in heart. He was perfectly pure in his life. And uh, it's on the basis of his obedience and his purity and perfection that we could be made righteous by his sacrifice. Number two, a pure heart is necessary for entering God's presence. Psalm 24, three through four. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? Now, in the Old Testament, that was talking about the temple. But what the temple represented was God's dwelling place. It was a symbol of spiritual realities. Verse four Who's the, here the answer to those questions, who can stand in God's holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. So pure heart's necessary for entering God's presence. And since we can't create a pure heart for ourselves, we need God to give us a pure heart. And so this is number three, and this is central to the gospel. This in one sense, this what I'm about to say in point three summarizes the Christian life. God purifies the sinner's heart by the Holy Spirit. Here's a promise from the Old Testament about this. Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses and from all your idols. I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. The heart of stone represents a hard heart. The heart of stone is uh, stubborn. It is disobedient. It's a hard stone. And God's going to take that away and give us a heart of flesh, which is soft and moldable and obedient to God's will. Verse 27 summarizes how God is going to do this. I will put my spirit within you. And calls you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Verse 27 is a terrific verse. God says, I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. God has to enable us to obey him. Left to our own devices, we'd never obey God. 
God purifies our hearts by the Holy Spirit, and as He purifies our hearts, He enables us to live for Him. Number four, what are some of the results of having a pure, purified heart by the Holy Spirit? Number four, a pure heart springs forth love. And God purifies our hearts. We now have the love of Christ within us that we live out toward others. 1 Timothy 1.5, the aim of our charge is, look at this, love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Love that issues from a pure heart. That means love that comes from a pure heart. Love that pours out of a pure heart. Also, 1 Peter 1.22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Love one another earnestly. That means passionately. That means consistently. That means zealously. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. God purifies our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And one of the results of that is love. A spirit-filled church will be a love-filled church. Number five, a pure heart chases holiness. Second Timothy 2.22, Paul writes to Timothy, So... Flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call upon the Lord from a pure heart. This issue of a pure heart keeps coming up over and over again and all throughout Scripture. I love the beginning of that verse because Paul tells Timothy to run away from something, and he also tells him to run towards something. What does he tell him to run away from? Youthful passions. What does he tell him to run toward righteousness? Righteousness, faith, love, and peace. That is holiness that begins on the inside and that we live and express outwardly in how we treat others and how we live life in the presence of God. A pure heart loves, a pure heart chases holiness. And finally, number six, a pure heart rests confidently in Christ's forgiveness. A pure heart rests confidently in Christ's forgiveness. That means we have assurance that we are children of God. It means we have confidence and conviction that we belong to God. All of our sins are forgiven because he's given us the Holy Spirit to give us that confidence. Hebrews 10, 21 through 22. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. You see two things emerge in that verse. Number one, having a true heart. Or having our conscience or our hearts sprinkled clean or purified. That's the one thing. But the other thing is because of that, we can be confident before the throne of God. We can have assurance before the throne of God. What that means is we can have assurance before the throne of God that we'll not fall under his judgment. We'll not be punished for our sins. We'll not be penalized for our sins. We will not go to hell for our sins, but we have been forgiven, forgiven, completely forgiven. And the way we experience that and know that is, first of all, the word of God, that we know God's promises, but then inside of us, the Holy Spirit of God enabling us to rest confidently in Christ's forgiveness. And that's who a Christian is. A Christian is a person who rests confidently in Christ's forgiveness. That's what saving faith is. Purified heart by the Holy Spirit to enable us to live for God and enable us to have assurance before the throne of God.
How shall they see God? Because remember it said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Well, they'll see God in heaven, full of joy and completely rid of sin. Now, right now we have joy in Christ, but not perfectly. We don't have anything in perfection right now. We do have joy truly, but not joy perfectly. And although we have been freed from sin, and we've been purified from sin, we still have sin. But when we see God in heaven, we'll be perfected in joy, and we'll be completely rid of sin. That's how we'll see God. That's the goal. That's the destiny. This life is not all there is. This is not the final chapter. This is just the beginning. Our bodies will die, but our soul will live on. For all eternity. And for those who know Christ will go to be with him in heaven. Full of joy and completely rid of sin. We can gain all the material wealth in the world. All the greatest reputation in the world. But when our bodies die we'll lose it all. What we have in Jesus will remain forever. And only increasingly so. And I'll just you can read along with this paragraph. I put in here some cross references for your own private devotions. First of all. They'll see him when their bodies die and their souls go to heaven. That's the first step. How we'll see God when our bodies die, our souls will go to heaven. But second, we'll see him through the eyes of a resurrected body when Christ returns. When the church is completed and the church is gathered and the church is glorified in the new heavens and new earth. So if we live till Christ returns, then we'll skip right to that part. We, our bodies won't die, but they'll just be transfigured and become resurrection bodies. But if our bodies die before the return of Christ, first our soul will go to heaven. But then when Christ returns, we'll receive a resurrection body. We'll see him through the eyes of that new body and we'll be gathered together with the completed and glorified church in the new heavens and new earth, which the Bible calls the home of righteousness. Only obedience, no temptation, No suffering, only joy in the presence of God. So, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And another way to say that is, blessed are those who have the Holy Spirit, for they will be God's and be with God forever. Let's pray.